This is Shack Talk, presented by Eskimo Ice Fishing Gear and hosted by Kyle Agri and Anthony Kleinwachter. Turn up your speakers, grab your gear, and hit the ice with us as we talk ice fishing. Come on in and grab a bucket. We are talking ice fishing. Kyle Agri, Anthony Kleinwachter, we are your hosts, and this is Shack Talk Ice Fishing Podcast. And as you can see, we are coming to you from the Fargo Ice Fishing Show with uh, with one of the show owners, <laughs> one of the show promoters, Mike Olson, uh, also very recognizable for those of you who know him through Fish Addictions and many, many of the other things that you're involved in, Mike. Um, the show is just kicking off here. We're just a couple minutes in, and uh, just give us a give us a little status of where things are at going into the first day. It's always kind of like, how is it going to go leading up to it? But all I got to say is the lobby was packed in door time, and we like to see that. There's a lot of things going on here and a lot of people to see and talk to. Yep. Uh, guys like YouTubers to clam pros to Eskimo pros to otter pros, they're all here, and they all want to chat ice fishing. It's the last show of the season. It's kind of bittersweet. And everybody's here to stock up. I mean, you can see a little Merry Fishmas sweater. You got to get all those Christmas goodies bought for the season. So uh, I'm just excited for checking out all the retailers, vendors, buying some of those last-minute items I need for the season and probably a few gifts for under the tree. Okay, Mike, this is uh, 2022. Uh, really, the if it weren't for COVID, this would have been your fifth ice yep. show. So going back 2018, I know you put a lot of planning into it before that 2017, 20, who knows how long you had this idea in your mind, but way back then when it first started, could you ever have imagined it would be what you're seeing here today with this many people, this many vendors and this big of a deal? You want, I mean, yeah. I mean, just yeah. because of the, of the crazy amount of ice fishing that we do here in North yep. Dakota, you know, I'm kind of a homegrown boy in this area. And I always said going to these other shows, Fargo needs this. Fargo yeah. needs a show to represent how much we love the industry. So is it surreal that it's happening? Yes, yeah. for sure. But did I think it could get to where it's at? Yeah, I thought I thought the opportunity was here and that's why we did it, right? That's why, that's why we it. took the stab and did it. But it's uh it's it's an amazing feeling to open the doors, hear all the people behind us right now, and uh, I can hear people buying stuff. I can hear I can just hear it. Asking questions. Asking doing questions. All that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you think Fargo, you don't think epicenter of the ice fishing mecca, but it really is. I mean, you've got Canada just a ways up the road, South Dakota, North Dakota, Minnesota. I mean, it's really just an epicenter of all of those areas. We're kind of the, that meeting point. We're in the middle of it all. Like everything, all all roads lead through Fargo. Yeah, all the major highways <laughs> bring people here. And I, I think one thing that always gets people worried, and I know you've talked about it before, is the weather. We got great weather this weekend. Looks good for the show. So yeah. everybody should be able to get out here and enjoy that. I know, Mike, we talked a little bit about it before we came on. Lots of new vendors this year, too. Yeah, we got Frostbite this year who's never been to, I don't know that they've even been to an American show in quite a while. But they're here. Uh, we've got, gosh, almost everything and anything you guys want, whether it's snow bikes, snow dirt bikes, to skid houses, to wheel houses, to any of the top brands, your Eskimo Clam, Otter, uh, Augers, anything you're looking for is here. And you brought up something about Christmas shopping. Like, ladies, if your husband likes the outdoors and you want to get him something, what better place to come and actually physically talk to somebody that will understand what your husband wants? 
without having to walk him to the store and buy it with him right? there, right? Right. You There's, can surprise him with a gift from here, and he'll you'll you'll actually surprise him. Yeah, and whether it's your <laughs> whether it's your husband, whether it's your father, whether yeah. it's your son, your grandpa—I mean, it doesn't matter, right? All those outdoor-oriented males and females in your life too. Yes. We don't want to pigeonhole it too much because there's one thing I've noticed the last few years. Um, there's a huge, huge surge of females and youth and people that maybe haven't had the opportunity to be in the sport before, and now they are. And they're here, too, looking at all the stuff yeah. and, and getting themselves geared up. Yeah, and all the gear tailored for those anglers. You know, the youth suits, the women's suits, all of the gear. I mean, I think you could find just about anything in the building, and I know a lot of people... What else is there to do at the show besides buy stuff? I mean, you get to talk to everybody <laughs> yeah. in the industry that knows the ins and outs of everything. And if there's a destination you want to go to, there's a lot of resorts and different places here, guide services that are here, booking trips, giving you discounts. And I think there's just so much to do here that you don't really think of when you're coming to an ice show. All right. So, Mike, before we get too far into this, let's uh, let's get the details on the table, right? Because if we've got some folks out there listening to the podcast, watching this video on the Eskimo Facebook page and they want to come out to the show what are your hours over the next three days where do they go you got it so Friday today is from noon to 7 30 Saturdays from 10 to 7 and Sundays 10 to 4 perfect Shields Arena in Fargo South Fargo yep. uh, easy to get to location you got great parking uh, last year you expanded the show you added yeah. the second rink, second arena here. That's back again this year? Yeah. Everybody wanted to get into the hard houses and see that side of it. So we have a whole separate arena just for the hard, house, hard houses and wheels, wheel houses. And all weekend long, kids are free? Kids are free. Like, that's something under, we started yep. last year, 12 and under, free all weekend long. We had family days before this. They were really well received. So we thought, you know what? We want this to be a family experience. 12 and under is free. Weekend passes are $24, so you can come all three days for 24 bucks instead of buying, you know, all three-day tickets if you're that person, or uh, $12 a day. You know, I look at, at ice shows and what the draw is, and it's awesome you're letting the kids in free because so much of the sport of ice fishing is family-oriented. Absolutely. Right? Being able to get out there with your kids, your, your spouse, significant other, and just uh, share those passions through the generations. And uh, we see that a lot here. Right, I mean, it's you've got the sometimes the, we th talked about this last episode of Shack Talk. You get the the real enthusiastic hardcore anglers, but you also get those families. You get those couples that are doing it together, and that's really what's fun. Absolutely, ice ice fishing is such a camaraderie sport and family sport, family orientated that it, it everybody can have fun doing it. Absolutely. All right, we've kind of covered the show. As sticking with the theme for Shack Talk this season, we really wanted to focus on fishing opportunities in the Dakotas, North Dakota, South Dakota. So, Mike, we want to get your feedback, a little bit of opinion. We've got fishable ice. Mm -hmm. What is some of the draw for the Dakotas? And, you know, kind of fill in people what your experience level is, where people are targeting, you know, where they're going early season, late season, throughout the year, some of those types of things. Oh, guys like me, what draws... A person like me to North Dakota is the uncharted waters. Uh, you can do a little bit of homework and have a lot of success. And whether that's in the pothole regions or wherever, or you have places like Devil's Lake and, and the northern boundaries where you can get on just a little earlier and, and get some really fantastic ice fishing. And I, the Dakotas just brings it all. Like we have 
giants of everything if you do just a little bit of homework and, and put a little bit of time in. Uh, I mean, gosh, and not only that, but like North Dakota is geared to the outdoorsmen, the Dakotas in general. They spend a lot of time making sure that if you're coming from out of state or you're in state doing a little traveling, that you're comfortable and the amenities are all there for you. They do a great job of welcoming those outdoor enthusiasts. Yeah. Mike, you mentioned just a little bit about doing the homework, and I think there's there's a lot of uh, credibility to that statement when you talk about the Dakota, specifically North Dakota, the way Game and Fish approaches things. Uh, the naysayers say, well, you find a hot bite, and it's only good for a year or two, and then it goes away. But the, really the backstory is there's a whole lot more that goes into it because while they're while that bite is hot, there's another lake probably within a short drive that that bite is just on the verge of blooming, right? right? And so you get this cyclical thing. And a lot of those lakes, you know, they do get hot for a year or two, and then they get left alone for five, six, seven years, and you never forget about them in the back of your head. And there's been times we've gone back to lakes that just like, okay, they, there's got to be some in here. And it's like, whoa, it's back to where it was, you know? And then yep. you get a year or two of that, and then all of a sudden, and people do find out about it and that kind of stuff, but... That's kind of the natural process, you know? It is, and the, the strategy of Game and Fish as well is to continually recycle those lakes right. because they can, which is different than some of the other neighboring states, but it gives continual opportunity. You just have to work for it. Yeah, I mean, it's North Dakota. There's a few places that are just really unique because a lot of these big perch lakes, you know, they're feeding on themselves, so they're kind of cannibals out here. So when you find little perch, a lot of times you better fish through those little perch because the giants are in within them, you know. So it's kind of a unique opportunity. Or you go up to Devil's Lake where we have all the freshwater shrimp and the fish just grow really fast and, and just get wider than they are long. And we have Sakakawea who has giant pike, walleye, everything. There's just so many different opportunities all the way to the Red River where you there's safe opportunities on the ice there in certain spots. Uh, I mean, it, the Dakotas just offer a little bit of everything. Cast and blast opportunities. Our pheasant season goes till the end of the year. So right now guys are doing both, you know? Yeah, and I, I know you talked a little bit about catering to the outdoorsmen. Anywhere you go where there's a big body of water or multiple bodies of water, there's a guide service, it seems like. Around the corner, they're there to tailor to the guys that want to get out. And, I mean, you still have to put in your time and effort, but they've done some of the research and homework for you. They know where those lakes are. They're going to take a, a crew of guys out and run and gun and try and find those fish and get you on some of those great bites. Where, where else in the United States can you go where every hotel in the town has a cleaning facility for fish and dog kennels? The Dakotas. Yeah. Yeah. I know we focused a lot of attention on, you know, some of the areas in North Dakota. What are some of your favorites in South Dakota? I know we've got a few not too far from us, but there's a lot of opportunities Yeah, I mean, the well. Wabe area, that Webster area, that kind of stuff is kind of where I've done most of my fishing in South Dakota. I mean, but, you know, even down when in the Missouri River Channel down there, that can be really well, really good, depending on how much fluctuation they're doing with the cores doing with water. But... Up that Webster area and stuff, you have a little bit of everything, crappies, perch, uh, my good walleye fishing, you know, I mean, it's all there as well. Yeah, panfish, all yep. those opportunities. I know an area that gets maybe a little overlooked except for early and maybe, you know, some other opportunities, the Black Hills region, you got the trout and all of those things out in the Dakotas. I mean, so many different opportunities, diverse fisheries and trophy potential for, for anglers getting out on the ice. Okay, Mike, if you were to fish the Dakotas, just north and south Dakota, you could fish one body of water for one species of fish, what would it be? And the species? Yeah. 
I would fish little sloughs. Like you can't really narrow that to one <laughs> okay. for giant perch. Like that that really gets a guy going when you can figure that whole thing out. Just uh, I, I love the pothole region of North Dakota because it's you never know what's around the corner for you. And it's different every year, yep. right? It's different yep. every year. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think um, going into the ice season are going to be some of your destinations? Are you going to hit some of those big lakes in the Dakotas this season or got any plans for the, the season? I don't know if I can do this. Anthony and I are kind of in a competition. Tell me more. <laughs> Is this an exclusive right here? On well, the, on we the haven't podcast? talked about it, but we're kind of in a competition. Uh, so ex- places I'm going to hit, well, we always hit, you know, Devil's Lake, Lake of the Woods, that kind of stuff, but... Fish Addictions is doing a competition between three teams, a year-long competition, and uh, Anthony's. I'm fishing against him in this competition, so <laughs> I can't luck. say too much. <laughs> gotta try. It. Hey, I he came try, in the right? he came in this morning, and he was he was being hush hush. So now I gotta be hush hush. <laughs> can't blame a guy for trying. No, <laughs> the games we play, right? It's all in good fun. It's all in uh, it's all in the sport that we love, and that's what makes it. That's what makes it exciting. Oh, absolutely. what keeps us coming back doing it again. All right. Ice advice. I know it's a segment we've been recurring on the, the show. Kyle, do you want to kick off our recurring question to yep. our guest? You know, Mike, we've asked this of every one of our guests this year. And it's, it's a question that, I mean, it's an age-old question. But when we talk trophy caliber fish, right? So if you're, if you're looking at this and, and someone said, okay, which is more difficult to put on the ice, okay? 50-inch musky, 40-inch pike, 30-inch walleye, 15-inch crappie, uh, 15-inch perch, or 11-inch bluegill. What's the toughest? Yeah, what's the most difficult to attain in those different areas in terms of that trophy caliber fish? Oh, for sure. I think for me, I my toughest, well, I've never caught a uh, musky bill through the ice. But 30-inch walleye for me, Yeah, it took me years, and I, I still haven't done it through the ice. Caught it open water, but I haven't broke it through the ice yet. So, Yeah, I mean, muskie, again, it always comes back to that. I mean, unless you're really in an area that you can target them. Yep. I mean, it's the fish of 10,000 casts. I don't even know how, the fish of how many 10,000 holes probably. We've been invited to go muskie fishing before, but it's always one of those things where it's like, maybe? Maybe. maybe. Yeah. Okay, so if we took the restriction of it being only an ice fishing catch and said 365 days a year, whenever you could catch it, would your answer change? No, because it, it took me 36 years to catch a 30-inch walleye. I'm working on 53. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, it's interesting to hear everybody's perspective on that because it's a combination of what they know about the fisheries that we have available to us, but it's also hugely influenced by your personal experience, Yeah. right? Because what that's you what we invested know. in, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And what locations, I mean, there's certain locations where those fish are, you know, more apt to be run across, but I know you fished one of the prime bodies of water for a lot of time before you ended up catching one. Got very close many times. <laughs> All right, we've got another question. This is our second question in the ice advice. We had this one come in from one of our listeners, and they wanted to know what is your strategy when breaking down a new body of water? 
if you're going to a lake that you maybe never been on before through the ice, kind of what's your strategy going to a new body of water? Well, the first thing is you have to obtain all the information you can obtain with what we have to us now, the internet, lake maps, that kind of stuff. Second thing is decide what you're what you're going after. What species are you are you going to try to target? Which makes a, a huge difference on how you a difference on how you look at a lake map, um, and and really trust in your instincts. Uh, if you think this looks like a good area, and then I always try to have six to eight at minimum areas that I decided I want to try, but also understand the times of days that you're trying these things and don't be afraid to come back to those areas that maybe didn't produce earlier in the day because they might produce late in the day. Um, but I think those are the three things that, for me, is just be consistent with what you're trying to do. But it, with all the, the stuff we can find today online, I, I think you can get a pretty good idea of what to expect out of a lake. I know you mentioned maps and using your maps. One feature that I think might get overlooked a lot is depth shading. If you know what species you're going yeah. after, select that area for what depth you're going to target those fish on, and that can eliminate a lot of the water. It'll well, give you keys on where those yeah. areas maybe intersect with deeper water or shallower water, humps, reefs, those types yeah, of things. Yeah, it eliminates areas and it highlights areas as yeah. well, like rock. Maybe there's a rock hump that you're not seeing in there that, whoa, what's that, you know? Uh, just a lot of that kind of stuff. And I sure. think when you find fish on the water maybe a bite dies off or maybe you locate a few fish and maybe catch a couple replicate that across the lake use that depth shading use the maps find where there's other similar areas because that can really be a key yeah and have realistic expectations i think that's a big thing don't go out to a new lake expecting to just kill it if you do awesome yeah but try to learn from your experience there because it might be a lake that you go back to and you kind of break it down a little bit. By the third or fourth time you go out there, you got to figure it out. And if you're fishing an area or body of water that has houses on it, one of my favorite things to do is to go to the community hole, see what it looks like on the map. You know, maybe fish there if it's not super busy, but then find another area on the lake where that's another opportunity or, you know, another deep basin or another rock point or a part feature in the lake that might replicate that. I know that's one of my favorites going to a new body of water. It's like, all right, where are all these locals fishing? Some great advice. I love the idea of, of tapping in on your local resources, going back to those spots time after time. Here's, here's my little caveat that I want to know your opinion on. Technology has changed ice fishing immensely in the last five to 10 years. So whether you're the person that has an auger and you're going to go drill a bunch of holes and check every hole or forward-facing sonar, right, versus your, you already mentioned the mapping, but how does that play into an approach on a new lake? I mean, you already see what's there with live sonar nowadays, right? So I can drill a hole and scan 100 feet all the way around me. I don't have to drill 30 holes and check it. I can see rock structure. I can see weed growth. I can see all that kind of stuff. So it does help you break down a lake a little faster. But the one thing I will say is, when you're using live, live sonar, concentrate more on the structure you're seeing and what you want to fish than the actual scene of the fish. Because you maybe scared them away just a little bit. Don't just not fish just because of that. I usually like to drop down and just give it 10, 15 minutes, let everything relax. Things will come back on, start scanning again, and then you know go away. But before, we used to pull up to a point and be like, all right, now we got to find this point. Zip, 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 zip drill 100 holes. Yep. Everybody's checking. It's 18 feet, 
20 feet. You know, I mean, that's what that's the way it used to be, right? Right. So, but now with that, it just makes it a little easier to break down yeah. lakes. Yeah, it's crazy how adding live sonar to when you're breaking down a body of water gives you a read on the fish. I don't know how many times I've seen it now where you drill a hole and it's like, oh, there's fish there at, you know, 40, 50 feet. And then all of a sudden they're 60, 70, 80. They're moving away. Like you said, you scared them. Eventually they'll settle back into an area. It's amazing. And then you see somebody walking towards them and the fish start moving the other way or left or right. It's crazy to watch that through the live sonar and how those fish react underneath guys because you wouldn't even think about it. You would not think about it at all. And thank you to uh, those of you who have given us some of these ideas, some of these questions on ice advice. We honestly, uh, last weekend, all three of us, we were at the St. Paul Ice Show, and we had numerous individuals come up and say they watch, listen, uh, subscribe to the podcast, and they are bringing questions to us, bringing ideas for topics. So we really appreciate that. It's always great to hear from everybody. Yeah, it's great. Mike, we're at the show. What's your plan for the rest of the weekend? You're going to be walking around, talking to people? Walking and talking and enjoying the atmosphere. Because if you're not here to talk ice fishing, if you're not here to buy something, the atmosphere is, is unbelievable. It's just a bunch of people in the same building with the same you know, ideas, with the same things in mind. And it's just fun to just get out and chat ice well, fishing. In worst case, you maybe do a little beer sampling. There's a guy that's got... Meats and pickles here this oh, year. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that earlier. That's definitely something I'm going to check yeah. out. I know one of the guys walking by is like, I've never thought I've seen a pickle display before. Yeah. I mean, he's got eight or ten different <laughs> kinds of pickles and five-gallon pails, and I'm excited to check some of that stuff out as well as, you know, there's food here and a lot of cool places to check out. Bring your whole family. We'll be here all weekend, so really looking forward to hanging out. Yeah, that's uh a lot of fun. If you're in the area, I know there's a lot of folks coming to town. There's a, there's a football game tonight. They're going to make a weekend of it. There's people that are coming here for the show specifically. Um, Mike alluded to it earlier. Don't be afraid to stop back a couple of different times right. because um, they're open all weekend and, and the doors are there and the welcoming party is there. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, we're looking forward to seeing all of you coming on out this weekend. Come and check it out. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a pretty cool experience. Mike, thanks for joining us on Shack Talk. Again, thanks to Eskimo for allowing us to bring these episodes to you guys. And, again, thanks to the listeners. Make sure to check us out, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcast, all of your favorite places to get a podcast these days. And until next time, get out on the ice, enjoy some time with friends and family, and get out ice fishing.